Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 223 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. And today we're going to take a look at a recent uh, opinion letter issued by the Department of Justice uh, relating to uh, the FCPA and uh, drawing certain lines around corrupt intent and business purpose test. Um, hello, everyone. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Um, an interesting opinion letter. Uh, some may say uh, that it the circumstances are kind of far-fetched, but speaking from experience, I can tell you I've seen this situation come up before in my practice, so thought it would be good to talk about it. Before we get started, however, a word from our sponsor, Steel uh, Compliance. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's ethics and compliance automated platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements. Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's compliance solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. Okay, I thought we'd uh, turn to this uh, opinion letter. Interesting um, interesting opinion letter. And, it, you know, I, uh, you may think, oh, why are we focusing on this? Because we don't have any major DOJ FCPA enforcement actions this year. And, Frankly, last year was a slow year, uh, and we've seen uh, DOJ is uh, trying to reassure the community, the anti-corruption community, that uh, they still are in line for some robust enforcement. Still no explanation yet as to why there's been such a hiatus, uh, and we should see something soon. But nonetheless, uh, we had an interesting opinion letter that was issued last week addressing application of the FCPA in circumstances where organizations face imminent serious bodily harm or threats, uh, kind of like an extortion situation. And while the situation may appear to be unique, it's a factual scenario that occurs more often than DOJ recognizes. Frankly, in my practice, I've had similar situations come up. Now, 
Uh, also, in the context of discussing this, I thought there was some interesting language used by DOJ with regard to corrupt intent and the business purpose test, uh, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But let's talk about what happened was uh, the, the decision was issued in February, obviously, of this year. And uh, in October 2021, a requester submitted an opinion letter application that presented, you know, in a compelling and emergency circumstance. The requester was an owner of a vessel and explained that a foreign country's navy had seized its vessel uh, and arrested and detained the captain and detained the vessel and its crew. Um, and apparently the uh, vessel had mistakenly entered into uh, water territorial waters of this foreign country and without authorization. Uh, the captain was incarcerated, and given the captain's mental and physical health, the captain's incarceration created an immediate threat of serious physical harm uh, to, the, uh, to the captain. And a third party acting on behalf of the uh, foreign country's navy uh, came forward and demanded a cash payment of $175,000 to release the captain, the crew, and the vessel. So the requester comes to DOJ and says, look, we may be in a unique situation here. Our captain is incarcerated. They won't let him out. The vessel is detained. The crew is detained. And the only way to get him out is to make this payment. Uh, DOJ acted quickly and approved the opinion letter request and then followed up, uh, you know, in requesting additional documents. But the payment was made and the captain and the crew were released. But DOJ... Um, issued a more formal analysis uh, supporting its emergency action. Interestingly, the application was fired, filed on October 19th, supplemented on the 20th, and DOJ issued a decision on the 21st. Obviously, uh, nobody wanted to see any harm come to anybody in this situation. And uh, so the more formal opinion letter was released last week containing sort of the backstory and analysis um, and there's additional clarity here surrounding the definition of corrupt intent and the business purpose test. So let's uh, start again. And uh, I gave you sort of the headline in the beginning, but the requester's vessel uh, was supposed to go to a con to country, a foreign country, for purposes of getting some repairs done. And uh, that country's harbor and port was, you know, was full. And so they were told to wait out in the water. Uh, wait out, uh, you know, several miles offshore and wait for uh, space to open up. Well, they gave, the coordinates given by the country turned out to be in the territorial waters of another country. So that other country's navy came out, uh, you know, and there was no authority for this boat to be there and to, sh to drop anchor, and they seized the vessel the logbook and the officers and crews documents, and they took the navy. Uh, the navy took the captain into custody, and once on shore, the captain was jailed. Uh, the captain was suffering from serious medical conditions that were exacerbated by his detention and created a significant risk to his life and well-being. So a third party acting on behalf of the Navy approached the requester and demanded a payment of $175,000 to, 
to release the captain, the crew, and the vessel. Interestingly, and this was an interesting step taken by the requester, they retained their own third party, which it had previously used and had been subjected to prior due diligence to engage the, let's say, Navy's third party intermediary. And the requester's third party asked the Navy's third party uh, to provide formal documentation for the payment, such as an invoice, a charging document, or other sort of formal document that indicated the $175,000 was an appropriate fee or penalty uh, that the government was entitled to. And lo and behold, the third party uh, intermediary rejected these requests for documentation. Uh, and that's obviously a huge red flag. And then uh, the requester sought assistance from the U.S. government embassy and agencies there to intervene and end the captain's detention and permit the requester's vessel to leave the foreign country. These efforts were unsuccessful. So given all of the surrounding circumstances, the requester reached the reasonable conclusion that the payment was not to pay for a legitimate penalty for being in foreign territorial waters without authorization, but it was to benefit certain uh, foreign country government officials. As a result, in that situation, the requester then filed an opinion letter application requesting uh, emergency approval. Now, DOJ's analysis is relatively brief, but it is uh, instructive, and we should take a little bit of time just to go through it. Uh, and also, there's some distinguishing uh, comments that they make to make sure that this is not perceived as a, um, you know, a, a more loose loop and loophole to FCPA requirements, and we'll go through that as well. So... Um, DOJ concluded in this letter that the proposed payment would not trigger an enforcement action under the anti-bribery provisions of the FCA because, two reasons, the proposed payment would not be made with corrupt intent and would not be made to obtain or retain business, meaning the business purpose test. First, with respect to the definition of corrupt intent, DOJ noted that the term means an intent or desire to wrongfully influence the recipient of the payment of money or other thing of value. And second, as to the business purpose test of the FCPA, the term means with the, where the purpose of the payment or offer is to assist in obtaining or retaining business. And as presented, the requester demonstrated that the proposed payment would not be made with corrupt intent. The primary reason for the payment, obviously, was to avoid imminent and potentially serious harm to the captain and the crew. And uh, there's a quote here that I'm going to read in, in, uh, uh, in its entirety because it's important from the Justice Department to understand corrupt intent, the intent and, and imagine other circumstances in which you can use this standard to um, distinguish certain payments or activities, educational training, things like that, uh, where uh, to distinguish payments that are made for, with corrupt intent or not. So a person acts corruptly if he acts voluntarily and intentionally with an improper motive of accomplishing either an unlawful result or a lawful result by some unlawful method or means. 
And DOJ noted that the term corruptly is intended to connote that the offer payment and promise was intended to influence an official to misuse his official position. And it cites the Kozeny case from the Second Circuit in 2011. Conversely, DOJ explained that an individual uh, who is forced to make payment on threat of injury or death would not be liable under the FCPA. Federal criminal law provides that actions taken under duress do not ordinarily constitute crimes. Obviously, you can't form the requisite intent. Now, DOJ here cited the uh, Kozeny case again, uh, the district court decision. Uh, The earlier site was to the appellate court decision in the Second Circuit. And um, that's 667 F third 122 in 2011. Kozeny is spelled K-O-Z-E-N-Y. But they also cite the criminal division's um, resource guide along with the SEC's resource guide to the U.S. Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. And they cite uh, language that states in the resource guide, Situations involving extortion or duress will not give rise to FCPA liability because a payment made in response to true extortionate demands under imminent threat of physical harm cannot be said to have been made with corrupt intent or for the purpose of obtaining or retaining business. So again, this analysis is important. I always say that corrupt intent, I shorthand it, usually it's when you make a payment of money or other thing of value to, uh, with the intent to influence the recipient to do something contrary to their official duties, either to engage in misconduct in contrary to uh, their official duties or not to act uh, in action uh, contrary to their official duties. So those are the types of situations where it's really important to focus and understand what corrupt intent means and how it applies in a variety of situations. As to the business purpose test, DOJ explained that the requester's payment of $175,000 was not motivated by an attempt to obtain or retain business. DOJ cited the fact that the requester quote, has no ongoing or anticipated business with the foreign country. Further, the requester made no attempt to conceal the payment, demand engaged with various uh, U.S. government personnel and requested proper documentation from the foreign country to support the requested payment. So this analysis seems pretty straightforward. And then the DOJ threw in there another important caveat. And this is where I think uh, you have to draw distinctions and remember this distinction because I think it's significant. They distinguish this emergency situation presented from other situations in which a company is threatened with severe economic and financial consequences. So, for example, if a country says you better pay us this or pay these, make this, let's say, payment or else you're not going to get invited to other tenders. And DOJ cited Congress's statement uh, from the legislative history that was cited in the uh, DOJ and SEC FCPA resource guide, uh, where where Congress uh, stated that the defense that the payment was demanded on the part of a government official as a price 
for gaining entry into a market or to obtain a contract would not suffice since at some point the U.S. company would make a conscious decision whether or not to pay a bribe. So in other words, the distinction here is between uh, a demand for a payment uh, in an emergency situation or a demand for a payment with economic or financial consequences. And DOJ warned that payments under circumstances that companies may perceive as economically coercive, especially in countries in which they are in historical and have a pending, ongoing, anticipated, or sought-after business relations with government actors, they cited that and said those situations, payments can, that are made then, could well give rise to liability under the FCPA. So it's important to make that distinction between the emergency situation where there's an imminent threat of serious bodily harm and the demand or extortionate payment or, you know, demand for a payment given economic or financial consequences. In other words, pay us or you're not going to get invited to another uh, tender. Pay us or we're going to cut off all our business dealings with you. Those circumstances are not going to justify. um, Those circumstances are not going to justify the payment and you will be, if you make that payment, that would be perceived as to be made with corrupt intent and with the purpose to gain, obtain, or retain business. So that's an important distinction, but nonetheless, an interesting decision. Um, and I have my uh, inklings as to which country was involved because I had the same situation come up with another country, but I'm not going to say it. But nonetheless, uh, kind of an interesting Um, opinion letter. And, you know, granted, we are sitting here, you know, sort of looking for anything on FCPA enforcement and guidance, uh, given the fact that we haven't seen any major uh, or any enforcement action so far this year in the first month. uh, And uh, we are anticipating uh, more enforcement. Uh, But, uh, you know, DOJ has got to put its money where its mouth is. They keep promising that their case is coming, and I'm sure they are. But, again, we've been going through sort of a a drought of enforcement um, actions by DOJ and the FCPA unit. Well, thanks. uh, You know, we'll be back next week. Thanks for coming this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Uh, Stay healthy, stay in touch, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Thanks again. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.